Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mad Men Recap. We're coming to you high atop the Brooklyn studios here in beautiful New York City, joined by our good friend in Columbus, Ohio, and faithful co-host, John. How are you? Very well, thank you. We also have our our, our, our every episode special surprise, Kate. <laughs> hey there. Are you feeling good tonight? I'm feeling really great. I'm today. feeling horrible. Just to let the listeners in on a little something, I hate recording. Is that all right, John? Well, you like doing the show. You I just love I love doing the show. John, guess what? We've got like 200 things people have sent us. As you all know, there's three things we learn every episode. Apparently, a large part of our listening population thinks there's four to five. But I'm going to read a few of them, and we're not going to worry about numbers because I'm not good at math, am I, John? You're okay. All right, then. Uh, n- number one, this actually, uh, we got uh, one from our good old friend, Laura Mansfield, who um, has been uh, a follower of the show for a very long time, and I'm going to do a lot of hers because I like them very much. Number two, Allison has a great arm, but not fast enough for Don, Kate. Number three, there's not drunk text. There wasn't drunk texting back then, John, but there was drunk typing, turns out. Mm. Cling. <laughs> Number four. Pairs. <laughs> number five. Number five. Uh, it turns out, and I didn't know this, and I haven't checked it with Wikipedia, but in 1965, John, you can rent a vagina. Wow. Did you know oh. that? Ew. I'm pretty sure you can do that now on Craigslist. I'm pretty sure. Can, did you check this on Craigslist today? I don't know. Uh, let's see. Oh, I like this one. This is from... Uh, Alex in Dallas. Uh, Paul, you're right. They're overemphasizing the 60s. That's one thing I learned a lot a, a lot the last time we did this. Game. No, I don't. Whatever. I think you just like that one because you said you're right. That's right. Somebody does, John. Guess what? <laughs> That's all I've got. I think you like the, the <laughs> one more. We find out next episode. Harry Crane gets diabetes. Does Harry Crane? I, man, he had it coming, didn't he? Those donuts won't leave him alone. Or maybe that's the other way around. Yeah. Indeed, John. But uh, we start this one off with a bang, my friend. Uh, the the uh, uh, episode goes to the office, and once again, the office is being monopolized by the evil Lucky Strike Company. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Lee Harper Jr.? Who knows? He's uh, he's on <laughs> the dance. Lee... Harvey? No, I'm thinking Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> Either way, uh, Lee's uh, on the phone. Ter- Gardner. Ter- Lee. Lee Gardner Jr. On yeah, the Lee. on the phone terrorizing us all. Uh, there's only one way to get out of that situation, John, and that is to fake a fire. Which I fire. I actually did that today. Strangely enough, aren't they supposed to be downtown? They're not like right by Radio City. Uh, I don't. Does would but Lee like would they, Lee know either way? But they no, said he's like always they had drunk. to evacuate, and I'm just like, but you're like. 40 blocks. Listen, Kate, if anything catches on on this, if anything catches on fire on that island, we all have to evacuate. They're going to make me stay at work. No, they're not going to make, yeah. (laughs) Uh, The thing that I noticed in this scene right away is Don is smoking real heavy. You know you're having a problem when you're lighting your next cigarette with your last cigarette. (laughs) That's tough. We see Allison right away. She's she's still in the office. She's still making it happen, taking notes, listening to uh, Lee Harvey Jr. whine on. That's what I'm going to call him. I don't care. <laughs> I do care. Uh, Peggy and the uh, researcher come in the room, John. 
Yeah, and, and, and Don, I don't know if Don's just fed up or if he actually trusts Peggy because he's like, you know what? Go with what you want to go with. This is I, for the pawns. I think he's just got too much to do, to be honest. Yeah, and he doesn't yeah. really, you know, he doesn't want to bother himself with the women's things, you know. With the lady folk? Yeah, you know, they're all crying and stuff. They so. are. That's what they love to do because really they only want to get married, Kate. This is true. That's what I heard. Um, oh, man. Roger suggests that maybe we start trying to sell cigarettes to horses at one point. We're really, really reaching here, John. <laughs> well, they, they have more restrictions now on what they can do, so it's time to branch out. Well, when you can't sell to the teens, John. Horses? Next in line. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come in, uh, Mr. Lane Price and uh, Pete Campbell come in uh, to uh, have an audience with Roger. Roger uh, and Lane inform uh, Big Pete that uh, they need to uh, they need to drop Clearasil, John. Yeah, apparently Pons thinks that there's a conflict there. I don't know. I don't think that's a real conflict. Face cream, zit cream, whatever. Get out of the way. I feel like you're appealing to two different clients, though. You're appealing to a teenager, and you're appealing to like, you know, the twenty-something secretaries and whatnot that just want to, you know, get married and. That glowing skin. And be be zit-free. I see the conflict. But you're mostly zit-free by the time you're in your 20s, yeah? Mostly. I wish I I was it. I wish I was zit-free right now. (laughs) But Uh, yeah, but but Pete's not happy. You know, he had to go through a lot to to get his dad onto the account with this new agency. Um, You know, which was probably a big deal. Trying to, you know, coming onto this this startup, renegade, offshoot advertising agency. It's a to-do, John. Uh, what's really great is uh, in the next scene uh, where Pete goes back to his office in a huff, pouting. I don't, I don't know why Harry Crane is in there uh, fist-fighting a donut. <laughs> but he is. Uh, and he, he informs us without a bow tie on that it's time to go to lunch with everybody's favorite Ken Cosgrove, John. Hello. Indeed, I love that kid. He's a hell of a guy. Um, Has Ken Cosgrove, he, did he look a little puffy to anyone else? No, he still looked kind of lanky to me, Kate. No, no, he looks a little puffy. A little puffy. Yeah. Well, probably, getting, the, probably getting, the, the shellfish. Getting married will do that to you, John. You get a little puffy after you after you ask. Yet. Well, after oh, really? you ask. You just stop trying anymore? It's a hive situation. <laughs> Either way, I don't need to talk about that as much as I do need to talk about Pete being kind of a dick about it. Uh, he still hates Ken Cosgrove, uh, but uh, Harry Crane convinces him to go out with him. I mean, at least you could do is uh, Cosgrove starts to uh, brag and you steal an account, right? That's he's right. this he's this close to getting Pepsi, John. They're going to get Mountain Dew. And let's not forget, here in present day, everyone loves Mountain Dew. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's like five flavors and some fantastic extreme commercials. There's, I'm going to inform you that... There's five flavors of Mountain Dew? I, I thought there was only one flavor. I'm I am doing. doing the Dew right now. Or is oh, the dude, the dude could be doing me? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we get in the uh, we get in the elevator with uh, with Peggy and what I like to call our new friend. I like this girl. What's her name, John? Oh, this is our, this is our, our friend Joyce. 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 Uh, Joyce is our, our little Paula Sass from uh, Life. She works at Life Magazine, which is apparently in the same building. She is carrying with her. Nude, <laughs> nude photographies, John, as I call them. <laughs> but, uh, but, but Naked lady photos. Yeah. They're from a friend. Nudie pictures. So they're okay. That's right, John. This is art. Art is not pornography. We could sit here and have this debate, but I refuse. 
uh, it, tur- it turns out that uh, they they get along real well. Uh, I think it's clear to uh, the rest of us right away that um, our friend Joyce is interested in a little more than friendship. John. I don't know. Do you think she's real? I, mean, I don't know. I, what, do you- I, what I saw right away is that Joyce was really just uh, taken aback that this was a working girl. You know, I, I, probably 99% of women she run into are secretaries in the building. And the fact that this was a, it, it seemed like her eyes uh, lit up when she said she was a copywriter. I think that really uh, perked her interest. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I agree. Uh, <laughs> I think Kate. I are think, you with, Paul, are you with us? No, I think Kate, my, I think Kate thinks that Joyce is bi-curious. This is... <laughs> <laughs> I which, do. I do. Which is, which is fair. I, I, I think she fancies the ladies, and I think she fancies the gentlemen. All right, um, Kate. Uh, so but, you I, know, we don't, I, you know, whatever. We find ourselves <laughs> to be in the, uh, uh, to get out of the elevator, and Pete uh, going to talk to his father-in-law. Yep, yeah, and of course, at the bar, alcohol involved, going to drop the bomb that they got to drop the clear, so... Uh, indeed they do, John. But instead, another bomb is dropped. <laughs> indeed, Kate. Uh, what bomb would that be? <laughs> the baby bomb. The baby bomb? <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, the, the father-in-law can't take it. He can't hold it in anymore. He has to congratulate him on the, on the new baby. We find out Trudy is, in fact, pregnant. Trudy or, is or very pregnant, indeed. With child, as Ken Cosgrove in the next scene... Are we, are we, are we skipping it. ahead to the creepy parts that we like the most, Kate? Yeah, we are. Sorry. <laughs> oh, he, he got her so pregnant. <laughs> I know you would. Here's the thing. We are awkwardly told uh, by uh, Pete's father-in-law that Pete is indeed pregnant. Um, <laughs> Pete takes this as a shock and uh, can't do the job he was sent there to do, John, which is to... And his Clarisil love affair. Oh, no, he comes up with some flimsy excuse about new creative, and, and Tom's like, oh, who cares? Get a bottle of champagne, you'll get $1,000 from me if it's a boy, 500 if it's a girl. <laughs> that, that just, no, that's just the going rate, John. Uh, that has nothing to do with I mean, his own... Is, is he offering to buy the child? He's I didn't offering... Under, I didn't understand that money number. I didn't either. Uh, I, I, think just, he's, I think he wants to sell the daughter, if they have one. Oh. And then keep the son... Get like All I know is I'm tying one on just like they are. <laughs> right, buddy? We get home and Pete is, uh, Pete is, I find their whole exchange to be a little bit awkward, to be honest with you. He, everything he does makes, makes me feel un, un, unhappy. Well, now you are, you are biased against the Pete Campbell. I do, I do dislike the rapey Pete, John. I feel <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I can't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I feel like. No, I mean, it, it, it seems fairly genuine. I mean, it, you know, they play it very, uh, very caring, and uh, he seems very excited. You know, she does throw out one, uh, one line um, in there where, where she, you know, where Pete says, oh, it doesn't feel like I thought it would. And she goes, how, how would you know what that feels like? Uh-oh. Oh. I've seen that before. I, actually, I've seen it a million times. Uh, it but, turns... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, it turns out that uh, then we head back to the office, if that's all right with you. Let's go. All right. We're, uh, we, we, we are recruiting uh, Allison to be in a focus group for Pons, John. Right. And, she's uh, young. Pretty. The, the woman who's going to be watching her desk tells Joan 
that they're looking for young unmarried girls, not like those two old ladies. Oh, Joan yeah. gives her a look. Yeah, she That's does. Great. I think Joan actually burned a hole right through her, John, <laughs> with a vicious stare. We uh, have the power to do that. I've been told. We do. I, I have a hole right through me right now, actually. <laughs> but then uh, we see, like, the doctor, this Faye Miller, like, completely dumbing herself down. Like, she dresses to look so much younger. She loses the wedding ring. You know, she she tries to get her name tag misspelled so that they'll be more. I mean, it almost seems insulting. This is, I don't want to say this is exactly how it still is. <laughs> but this really? is exactly how it still is. Everybody thinks that they've got like the magic, like the magic little trick to make people uh, tell you the things you want to hear. Really? This is this. Yeah, we still go in and say, isn't it great that we don't have to work for an hour? It's kind of like we're playing hooky in here. No, it's not. I'm working. You know what I mean? Except I don't get to sit behind the glass anymore, John, and have a drink. I have to sit there with them and drink Uh, nothing. Those were the days. Indeed. Uh, moving on, it, this this really just turns into one big cry fest. I mean, it is like the cry cry machine turned on high. Uh, after the one insecure lady goes about her uh, boyfriend oh, it who only, broke up it with only her. takes one. Oh, it's it really just going to snowball. It's like, it's like a bad game of Jenga. You know, you pull the wrong way. Oh, and we pulled the wrong one. <laughs> whole thing comes a tumbling down. Like a log cabin on fire, John. You know, I really want to like this... this Faye lady, but she reminds me so much of Elizabeth Hasselbeck from The View. <laughs> just the way she looks that I just, I really hate her. Whoa. I do. We put the hate on it, John. Sorry. Side we did note. learn one thing from the new super tall receptionist that uh, her mother uh, doesn't wash her face with anything. She's not dirty, John. That's not what I'm saying. Oh, her she's French. Is, right, which, I mean, let's be honest, still dirty. They don't use soap. They don't use anything. The thing is, is uh, she does wash her face with her fingertips and water, John, and that's the secret. Looking dirty. Just so you know. Uh, We then have another great Lane Price moment, uh, Kate. Uh, He comes in the Pete's office to ask Pete if he's sealed the deal yet, if he's pulled the trigger on that one, they say. Uh, And uh, Pete says no. He said, by the way, I'm Preggers. And Lane goes, well, that should take the sting out of it. Hey. Man, that was cold. Even that's... Lane can't walk away with that gem in his pocket. <laughs> and he comes around and says, that is the very best of news. I think oh, very, yeah, very sincere congratulations. Very sincere, John. May your family not move to London and leave you behind. Oh, that was cold, Kate. That was cold. Let me get back to the Cry Cry Fest. Yep, the Cry Cry Factory is still, uh, still pumping out on high. Uh, I love but, how I love how when Allison breaks down, uh, they go to Freddie and he's like, "I knew she was gonna cry. I saw it coming." <laughs> how did this get so sad so fast? What uh, well, we all know why Allison's crying. Uh, she's still very upset with the whole Don situation. She actually shoots Don the stink eye through the two way glass. Yes, she nearly broke the glass uh, <laughs> with with the eyes stinking. Uh, she decides to just leave the room, John, and uh, Faye tells everyone to just hold tight and not follow her. Uh, Peggy, though, uh, decides that maybe it would be a good idea just to try to calm her down and uh, follows her into the hall. 
uh, in the hall, they decide to go into an office, and that's where Allison says, you know, who are you joking, man? You've been through this. Oh, geez. Wrong now, thing I, to I, say. I, I got to say here that I got a, uh, several letters that really came down on Peggy here saying that, you know, she was cold and very bitchy, and who is she? I, I did not see that this way. No, I agree, John. I did not see it this way, it, like, that she, way either. She's worked hard to do what she's done, and everybody has done this to her from day one, thinking that she's sleeping her way up with Don. All she ever did was sleep with Doc, and that was a mistake. Oh. Well, you know what assumptions make of you. That's right. But, uh, you know, that, that's, that's what happens here is uh, Allison just assumes that uh, Peggy went through this as far as uh, sleeping with him, and uh, that really riles her up, and uh, she lets her have it. <laughs> you know, get over it. And that makes her cry more. That's what I tell everyone every day. Just get, get over, over it. it. Move on. Your problem is not my problem, John. And does that make them cry more? I just end up crying then at the end. Oh. Yeah, it's too bad. Uh, so we move on from there. Uh, Faye comes back in the room and thinks that they've just had an incredible, incredible research session. I think we all know because we're competent that that was a disaster. <laughs> uh, they decide to go back through it, and uh, Peggy quickly uh, says... When Don says, let's go to my office, she says, nah, why don't we just go in there? And uh, I'm sure they do a little a little bit of uh, sitting around talking about nothing. And speaking of disasters, we go hey, to see Cosgrove. Yeah. He's my favorite mistake, John. <laughs> oh, is that what his mom said? He's my, oh, oh. man, what is with you tonight? <laughs> it's the moose. It's the moose? <laughs> is there a moose in there with you? You keep him so quiet, John, I never know. Uh, we are at lunch. We're at lunch right now with uh, with the old douche crew, Sans Kinsey, thank God. And uh, it always is a little awkward when Pete and Cosgrove are in the same booth. I don't I don't like it. Uh, Cosgrove has to say, "Listen, man, I'm tired of you saying shitty things." That's right, quote shitty things about me behind my back, which I thought was kind of um, kind of weenie. Yeah. Who says to another guy, I'm kind of saying shitty things. Way to lower the bar. Seriously. You know? like, wow. hey, hey, Paul, have you ever been to that uh, restaurant? No, I haven't. Is that a real place? I don't think so. The menu, Jim, what was Jim it? Jim Downey's Steakhouse? Maybe. I don't know. I just kind of go between here and work. All right. You know? Sometimes I stop at the grocery store. Indeed, mac and cheese. <laughs> so, uh... Cosgrove is easy to forget and forgive. Uh, he says, it's Pete, it's all right. They talk about how he's getting married, and then Pete drops the bomb that he's having a child. And the last thing we need in this world is another Campbell running around, John, raping things. No, no, Cosgrove wants another Campbell. I think he says that facetiously. Ah. He was being facetious. Well, we find out he's not real happy with the job. No, apparently there's more retards at McCain... Then, uh, then in a mental hospital? Oh, Vermont, was Vermont that a slip? Hospital. That was a slip. Did this show just get political? I'm sorry. McCann. No, what did he say? His mother used to work at a hospital in Vermont, yeah. and he's never seen as many... Uh, retards? Retards? Yeah. <laughs> in, uh, yeah. Anyway. All right, Cade. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Makes me uncomfortable yes. to say that. Well, it's okay. People, we're just quoting the show. We're not know, calling anyone but... retard. <laughs> or are you? No. It's that moose John's got with 
He's probably retired. <laughs> probably. Uh, John, so that was really funny. Uh, but I got to say, all together, I didn't feel like we learned too much from Ken. It didn't even look like they bought him a new shoot for the new season. Just kind of using what they got. They really shoehorned him into that one. Indeed, John. So uh, we then return to uh, Don's office where uh, he knocks on the door. Is I think a bit concerned that Allison could have a meltdown like she does. And uh, goes inside to find her crying and altogether unhappy, John. And says, I'm glad to see you're feeling better. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much. She looked like a wreck. They did a good job making her just fall apart. Uh, she says that it's. I think it's time for her to move on. She wants to go work at a magazine that her friend has told her about. And she would like Don to write her a recommendation. Now, uh, now John, if... If I when I quit this show, yeah, and I ask you to write me a recommendation, what will you say? Uh, it's in the mail. Thank you. You wouldn't just tell me to write my own, would you? Yeah, no, I wouldn't it. trust you. No, I wouldn't trust me either. That's where Don goes astray, John. He trusts her to write her own, and that's not what she wants. She just wants some kind words, John. Something. He, oh yeah, and he's not giving them. Not at all. He's a cold man. His life is very, very right now, very. As, as he says at the end. Yes. Uh, he's having a tough time. Well, this can only end badly, John. When there's a woman in your office melting down, mm -hmm. just don't go in there. Okay. Okay? And uh, Don made that mistake. Well, when he tells her to go ahead and write her own, um, thinking that that would be a bonus for her, uh, she picks up, I believe, an ashtray. What that look like a it's gold like, bocce it's a, ball? It's that gold ball ashtray. <laughs> oh, really? No, I, think it's, I, I, that, I think, wasn't that the um, the cigar, cigarette holder from season one? You pull up the top? That's what I'm saying. Uh, okay. or, or it was a bronze highlight ball. Oh, yeah. Oh, that could have been it. Yeah? I don't know. I'm not a shaman. But she but follows she, that up by calling him not a good person. That's true. And if there's one way to cut someone to the quick, as they say, John, <laughs> just tell them they're a bad person. Well, she throws the ball and breaks some stuff, therefore making a loud, thunderous noise, which everyone in the office hears, John. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Joan comes in and sets up the new secretary thing and says she'll get somebody to clean it up. We, you know, there's no chance Allison's coming back. We've seen the end of Dear Allison. But, uh, I'm disappointed. I, I, found, I found her all together enchanting, John. You know, she was holding it together for, for a while, you know? Like, I don't know. Just... It took that lady from Ponds to really... To bring it out. Yeah. I think she's evil. But you know what? It only takes one little thing. That's okay. what I always say, Kate. Uh, did we, we, did you catch this, though, where, where Don throws back a drink and Peggy pokes her head up over the yeah, wall? Yeah, that was kind of hilarious. That was, that was effing hilarious. <laughs> uh, I, wanted, I was hoping that maybe he would kind of catch her and then she would fall off her desk. <laughs> but that didn't happen, John. That would have been too good. Uh, no, instead she gets paged out to the front where we get to see our, our little friend again, Joyce. Yes, Joyce, uh, Joyce uh, certainly has a, a bit of a thing for the receptionist uh, who's who's altogether an Amazon. Oh, she's beautiful. She's frightening to me. She's too big. She's too tall. She would, she would probably make fun of me. Sitting down, she's almost as high as Peggy. I realize this. It's crazy. This is too much. She uh she says that her uh her art friend, the guy that did the nudie photos, is having a a thing. You can't call it a party. No. 
That's not cool. No, we couldn't. If there's if there's a guy with a bear head on, it's not a party. <laughs> the thing. It's a thing, John. Uh, yes. Peggy Peggy is real excited. She thinks it's cool. The receptionist calls her uh, calls her new little friend uh, Joyce uh, pretentious. Uh, I don't think she's far off. Oh, well, she's, no, she's Peggy so actually, very much. Peggy actually answers like with "I know." I mean, almost admiringly, longing yes. after the. And we also get our one little view of Burr Cooper in this scene. Which apparently they've hired to be Where's Waldo in this episode. <laughs> All he needs is a striped hat, John. And he would be playing him perfectly. Seriously, I mean, he's in the reception area with the no shoes, eating an apple and reading. That's... I like that guy. He's my goal. He's my <laughs> mentor. We then, uh, we then have a little flashback, or we, we flash over to... Uh, pizza, pizza part. I we didn't flash back. I'm sorry. I, there was I'm no not, flashing. I haven't even been drinking. I'm just exhausted. Uh, Pete, uh, Pete comes home to find his uh, his parents in law, his father and mother in law, ma- oh, which would be parents in law. That sounds weird. In laws. In laws. It does sound stupid. <laughs> to find the in laws uh, there, and uh, this was all set up uh, with a, a Yankee pot roast included. Uh, to be the uh, the time where we stick the knife in Dad, as they say, uh, to tell him that Clear Cell is no more. I think though we can um, we can credit Ken Cosgrove, John, with giving Pete the idea because when he was talking to Ken, um, Ken made this uh, assertion that although you know his company is going to try to get Mountain Dew and they think it'll lead to Pepsi, it never really happens. You know, you just have all these pieces. Well, being the genius that Pete is, he stops on his way home for a rape, and he comes up with this plan. Okay, that wasn't in the episode. He didn't rape. Uh, he comes up with this, this plan to uh, to tell uh, to, to tell his father-in-law, "Hey, I can't do clear cell anymore, but what I want from you is the rest of your business." And I don't altogether know how he did this. He did it very well. Pete's a hell of a guy in this episode. In this scene, he really uh, just a quick flippy flop. It's a quick flippy flop? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what you're doing right now. But that was brilliant. That was pretty good. Uh, well, so my favorite part is that uh, after he pretty much just tells his father-in-law he's going to take this business, his father-in-law sits down on the couch. Calls him a son of a bitch. Calls him a real son of a bitch. And did you see Pete? He just kind of glances and like, eh. Pete's like, you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Just ask the au pair. Okay. We then uh, we then have yet another uh, a sad Don Draper scene, John. He's sitting in his office late at night, papers strewn around, thinking about why he's such an awful person. And I think we all know, John. He loves him, he leaves him, he's mean to them, and then he buys a hooker. It's not that's, a good. That's not a good regiment. No, but it's something he's consistent with. Indeed, John. You gotta give him that. Kind of fallen into that. He uh, he's kind of ousted from the office by the guy buffing the floor. He gives that guy a dirty look. Listen, man, he's just doing his job. But then we get to we get to head down to to uh, Washington Markets. Is that right? I don't. That downtown. I, I don't even know. All right. Know. Some some place the cool kids. Is it are. the meatpacking? Maybe. Uh, it doesn't even look I like. Actually, this place didn't look like anywhere in New York, which was kind of disappointing. Used to be a, a sweatshop. Could be in like Brooklyn, maybe. Are you afraid of the subway? She asks. Not mm. I, says the Paul. 
We uh, <laughs> and Peggy shows up wearing some kind of like a bumblebee shirt with the yellow and the blue yeah, stripes, it's not and helping uh, her. It really is brushed aside neatly by a a bear head. Man, that bear head was probably the second best part of the episode, John. <laughs> What's coming up next was the best part. I'll give it to you. So Joyce, uh, Joyce is hit up for a beer from Peggy, and she's like, "Look, beers are hard to come by around here, but I got this." And they they blaze up. They smoke a smoke a joint. They blaze, like, do they? Oh yes, yes. And they uh, Peggy takes a little puff, and as she's getting high, she gets uh, nibbled on by Joyce. Nibbled on. Yes, and Joyce even explains that she's hungry. Uh oh. And Peggy, Peggy, Peggy comes back with, "Look, I got a boyfriend." I got a man. Yes, and and Joyce very quickly says that, look, he doesn't own your vagina. Uh, Peggy snaps back, I think, with the best line I might have ever heard. Indeed. Okay, I'll say it, John. I'm trying to give this one to you. No, I want you. No, he's just renting it, John. Now, this is what I didn't know. (laughs) Apparently, in 1965, you can rent a vagina. Does this not, does this this still happen? I don't have a vagina. I can't rent it out. Uh, nor do I think I would if I was given the opportunity to rent it. That just makes you sound like a prostitute. Well, I think that's what. Yeah. I think that's what that amounts to in this day and age. Oh, is that what? You, maybe, maybe, maybe Peggy's feeling a little bit like that. I'd like to see what that lease looks like. A woman of the night. Yes, a lady of the night, please. Sorry, lady. Of the uh, night. You know, then we get into this. We get into the this the scene here with uh, the artist. Well, no, before, uh, before that, we see uh, we see the drunk typing. Oh, jeez. All right, fine. Well, no, Don stumbles home, sits down at his typewriter, and just starts typing his uh, so-sorry note for Allison. And then he realizes, as he's starting to say my life is sucky, that, look, you can't blame your own problems for treating other people like garbage. You can't, John. And I think that's what he's been doing. That's what a lot of people do, but it's not right. It's not right, and I won't stand for it. You do it. I do it? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, thanks, man. Jeez. All right. Uh, so, all right, fine. We get back to the artist, the artist lair, as I like to pretend it is. And uh, we, uh, we, we're watching the video. We are stoned as you can be. Uh, so the video is looking great. Very rhythmic, John, as they say. <laughs> uh, Peggy Olsen gets to meet the artist, who is altogether a dick. Um... Uh, she says, hey, you know, really loved your pictures. We're always looking for photographers. Uh, I work at Sterling Cooper Jepper Price, and I'd like, you know, like to help you out. He said, why would I do that? She's like, so you could get paid to do your art. And he said, Warhol's already done it, and blah, blah, blah. And this guy was a dick. I hope well, he got beat up by the cops. What was the whole comment about having a soul? Uh, you need to mm-hmm. have a soul to sell it, I believe. I don't know. Exactly. I, I went to art school, and, like, this is all I heard, like, all day long. Are you... From- I'm soulless. That, oh, is really? That, that I sold it a long time ago. I sold uh, it a long time ago for a pack of Juicy Fruit. <laughs> but besides meeting the, the punk artist, uh, Mr. Kellogg, we also get to meet this friend guy, Abe. Yes. Mr. Uh, Mr. Tall, Dark, and Receding. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, she, she digs him. She does a little bit. I feel like uh, this is a lesson to the kids out there. I know we have a lot of young listeners. Um, if you're ever running from the police after smoking too much weed and you're in, in a closet with a lady, just kiss her, John. After you tell her how you got arrested. Yes, of course. It makes you sound mysterious. It makes you sound dangerous. 
Apparently you haven't been doing it. Have you not been doing this, John? All I know is that Poindexter, that Mark guy, he is not going to like this. Oh, no. Um, no, no, no. But I tell you what, I think he's got, he's he's all paid up for another month. So, uh, this guy's going to have to wait his turn. Oh, the, 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 I get it, the vagina rental. Y- yes, thank you, John. Right. Thank you. Because it's funny if you explain it. Christ. <laughs> Next thing we know, Peggy and her new friend Joyce are running and giggling out of the, uh, out of the party. And uh, I think they really had the ha- Did you fall over? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think they're really, they're really having, uh, they're, they're making a good friendship here. Obviously, they're not going to be lovers. Uh, I don't but, they, think but they can be friends. Indeed, John. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we so next. that Hollow Notes at one point? I don't know. I, I think like, that was actually, was that? Uh, that's, that's that guy everybody hates. That's Michael Bolton. Sorry to all the Bolton fans out there. Uh, we, we come back to the office to see Don being punished by uh, Blankenship, um, my new favorite character. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I feel as if I know her somehow. Um, we get, uh, she seems it, very much like the, uh, the Mike Myers coffee talk. I think, she might, I think that actually might be Mike Myers, John. I'm not sure. I'm not good with faces. Here's the thing. Uh, Roger's been waiting for him. Pete Campbell comes over, says, I'm bringing in $6 million because I'm Campbell in it. I put a Campbell all over this. Oh. I Campbelled it. Anyway, big account. Everyone's really excited, especially Lane. Well, he's the I, money guy. I think at one point he actually threw up in his mouth a little bit. He was so excited. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of money, John. We're going from what? A half a million from Clearasil to $6 million? Uh, no, Clearasil was 1. Uh, no, 1.2. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, Clearasil was 1.25, and this is 6. My thing is this. Uh, I'm not good at math, and I, I'm, I'm not, I don't know inflation, but I think $6 million in 1965 was pretty much equivalent to $700 billion today. <laughs> you know there's a, there's a calculation website, and that's what it said. Is that, oh, you already went and did it? Yep. Babillion? I've always wanted to know how Babillion is spelled, so I should check that out. No, you should look it up. Uh, <laughs> the next the next scene was also one of my favorites. Uh, we're in the art room with, what's his name, Little Danny Who Gives a Shit? I, what's his name? Joey. Joey. Sorry, I couldn't even get to make fun of his name wrong. Right. What? Uh, Joey and uh, Peggy are sitting around, and she's saying, did you have any idea that Malcolm X got shot? And he's like, yes. <laughs> Like, what's wrong with you? But that really uh, helps us uh, set up the timeline. The only other thing that we had a clue from was uh, the, the note uh, Don got from Anna at the very beginning of the show. So we're at the very end of February of 65. It's been two months since the last episode. Gotcha. Marking that down. All right. Thank you. Uh, it turns out that uh, he, uh, we, well, the card gets passed around. They're going to buy some champagne for the Campbells. Uh, this is where they both find out that uh, Trudy is pregnant. And um, his response is, I can't believe she, uh, she's married to that guy. And I would get her so pregnant. So pregnant. So pregnant. I'm not even... Would he get her Would he get her pregnant-er than Pete did? <laughs> yeah, I guess can you so, get, I guess. Uh, this, I, I'm, medically speaking, John, can you get someone more pregnant than someone else? Absolutely. Twins, is, hello. Is that what twins is in the trip? Yes, well, yes. So, so then the Octomom is the most pregnant person ever. 
The well, yes, most pregnant person ever. That's that's how it's the written down. I'm also marking this down. This is going on their wall. <laughs> Got it. Uh, Peggy is altogether uh, upset by this whole thing because she's she got there first, John. She's is the that first something to brag about being the first one to spawn a Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, John. Uh, I haven't done it. That was awkward. Um, so she goes and says congratulations to Pete. He thinks that uh, she's talking about his baby, which is the six million dollar man he just had. Uh, turns out, no. She's saying, you know, congratulations on the child. Uh, Pete says, thank you. There's an awkward gaze. Hmm. It's all together oh. uncomfortable. And then Peggy goes in her office and slams her head on her desk. You just can't figure this thing called life out. Thank you, John. Yes. Good point. Right. I can't I can't either. But you know what? I think a really nice young lady named Joyce might help her figure that out. Oh, well, right. well, Joyce and her friend, Weed. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah. If you are confused, things just are a whole lot clearer. Smoke a little pot. <laughs> You'll figure it out, but then you won't remember how you figured it out once you're. But it won't matter because you figured it out. Exactly. <laughs> At some point, you had it all figured out. Anyway, we don't know what that's like. Next thing you know, uh, the uh, Don's good friend and my worst enemy, the strategy lady, Faye. Faye. Elizabeth. I'm sorry. No, Faye. You were right. <laughs> Comes into uh, comes into Don's office. He had canceled the meeting with her, but Blankenship, who's apparently uh, deaf and blind in both eyes, uh, told her that uh, she needed to see him right now. So she came into the office. This is where Don lays probably my favorite uh, fu speech on anybody because I'm not a strategist fan, am I, Kate? No, sir. What Don said is completely true and right. In 1965 and today, you spend a bunch of money. Figuring out what people want, but that's just because you've told them what they want. So they're just repeating it to you. So if you never, you never do anything new because they're just telling you what you told them to say. Am I right? Well, what is it? You can't. How, how did he? How exactly did he say it? Something like, "You can't." I'm not as cool as he is. It would just sound like. <laughs> it would just sound awful if I said it. Something like you can't base uh, future decisions on past behaviors. Yes, exactly. That was wow. Isn't that pretty much what I just said? No, no not at all. That no. is almost exactly what I just said in <laughs> that, long form. That that's not, not what you said. No. That is exactly what I said. <laughs> I, anyway, I'll re- I will rewind the tape. <laughs> you can't. I can't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, she gets she gets really upset. She's like, you know, why are you, you being so combative? Uh, I've had this argument before. I'm just telling you the truth. Like, what what truth? What truth is right, John? Um, I can't even talk about that part anymore. It it, it makes me angry. It was a good scene. I, uh, a good it was scene. a good. I was all behind it. I was I was fist pumping. If you could see, if this wasn't audio, I'm doing it right now. Moving on. Peggy is in her uh, her office, and she gets a phone call from her new friend Joyce to say that uh, lunch five minutes. You want to meet in the lobby? No, 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 no. I'm bringing everybody up to uh, to see your receptionist because she is the hot. So uh, we move into the lobby, and all these kids that look like they just piled out of the mystery machine. <laughs> Honestly, John, I expected Scrappy Doo to get off that elevator. Are you serious? Uh, they all are, are like they're just like clinging to the door window. It's embarrassing. Yeah, I was a little too hipster. I think we saw these kids out on Saturday night. 
We did. We saw all these kids out on Saturday yeah. night, and uh, they embarrassed me because they were so cool. Um, there's there's a there's an odd like another odd lingering look between uh, uh, Pete and Peggy here, which is uh, which, which is kind of what they do. It's their thing, John. I don't know they, if they're, uh, they're they're trying to make something like uh, you know trying to say you know we've over the years. They could have wound up together with the baby, but they're going separate ways, or they still have a longing for each other. I thought I no, I didn't think it was. I thought it was really about how different their lives are. Okay, now, that their life. I mean, she, she, her, their lives could not be more different right now. That's what I kind of saw that as. With him landing the big accounts and being all about the money, and and her going the uh, with the, oh, the young hip crowd and, and being cool, yeah, blazing up. Whoa, all right. You really caught on the blazing, John. Is there anything you'd like to tell us? No, last time was sparking. Spark? No, you said blazing the first time. Oh, shoot. I was trying to vary it. It's okay, buddy. I still love you. But I didn't say before it was pears. You didn't. This was my third favorite part of the episode. (laughs) uh, Because there were actually a lot of really good parts in this episode. But just the fact this old guy is like, did you get the pears? Did you get the pears? The pears? And, and, and she I'm finally just, says, we'll talk about it inside. Is there a... Is there a, a, a why not just tell him yes or no? <laughs> this guy is saying to himself, why have I stayed with this lady? <laughs> She's being mean to me about pears. Buys you pears. Maybe. Well, you, she'll, we'll discuss it when we get inside. <laughs> yes. Maybe but, if you're if you're but, lucky. Despite the disagreement, they still have each other at an advanced stage, and Don is going into a dark, lonely apartment. I gotta say, if I was Don, I would have been like, I'm glad I'm alone. (laughs) After that? After the pears? Yeah, after, you know, you just get old and they won't even tell you if they got pears or not. (laughs) Good God. What do I gotta do to this lady? I just want some pears, man. (laughs) I'm old. Some pears. Please. And that's it. Yeah, it is it. I enjoyed it thoroughly, John. That was great. Sadly, we saw in the previews that uh, we're only going to luck out with two consecutive weeks of no Betty. I I, I missed her. I missed her. I know a lot of our listeners uh, dislike her in a way that we can't even describe audibly, but uh, I missed her. Did she really say in that little snippet from the next episode... That she wishes he was just dead. Did she really say that? I think she did, Kate. Wow. You know, those are things you can't take back. Mm. No matter how no, hard sir. you try. Was, no matter how many times you call Bobby Flay. That's right. can't be erased. You cannot take that back. John? Yeah? I'm exhausted. You're pretty tired? Big episode? <laughs> uh, you know, if the listeners haven't noticed, I haven't been on my A game tonight. We are really busy. You're definitely the love... third. We're the third. We're the third string. But You're we the love the show. Uh, we lo- we love the show and we want to keep it going. John, I, let's just let's wrap it up real quick. I, I want to hear about the mailbag though. I'm not even going to ask you if I can open it. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs> the mailbag blew up this week. We got Did so many up? people. Yes, yes, and people from all over the world writing in saying how much they love this show, love your humor. Uh, yeah, you know, we, yeah, we start off with a good friend of the show, uh, Mr. Phil Anderson. Oh my goodness! Aww. Yeah, he comes he comes at us from Burlington, Vermont. All right, and it just says he loves the show. He agrees with you, 
that you, have, you, you have the inside track, especially about the theater stuff last time. Uh, <laughs> he's wondering if the uh, the slappy prostitute is coming from the village, uh, and <laughs> and that he really missed Roger the the last time, thinking that he is the one that provides the comedy, which is which is true. I don't know if you guys saw Roger was the director for this episode. We, we did, we did. That was who 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 emailed that into us. Was uh, it really? We'll, we'll get to him. But, uh, okay. you know, I don't know, I, I always kind of heard that you can't, uh, so, an actor can't be a good director. I mean, it makes it tough because you have to run around. Um, you think that maybe that, that could account for maybe why it didn't go real smooth this time? I, I, thought it, I thought it went perfectly smooth. What are you talking about? There were good scenes, but I have to agree with what, another one of our, our listeners that, you know, the whole, uh, the, the whole scene with the crying girls and the, the focus group, it really didn't seem to move. Uh... Uh, all right, I don't agree with that. Clint Eastwood's an actor and a great director. No, but he doesn't direct himself. Yes, he does. Oh, but really? Roger you, wasn't even in this episode. Have you episode, seen the really? Clint Eastwood movie? <laughs> no, I, I really haven't seen an Eastwood movie. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, moving on. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Uh, we get we get our first uh, email from the wonderful country of Ireland. Catherine mm-hmm. writes in saying that she loves the show, and get this, we have somebody that misses Betty. Uh, yeah, she she has she has the first person to stick up for for Mrs. Draper, and uh, says that you know she feels bad for her. Says she has no family because uh, her brother's a douche, no friends because I guess Francine moved, and uh, the house is her only. She slapped everyone else. She knows, right? That's true. Yes. No, that's true. She <laughs> has been. Uh, she has been. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm putting this together. If she's good at slapping, if, she, if Don just would if Don just would have told her, John. They didn't have that all Their too marriage critical. marriage could have been salvaged. Didn't have that all too critical talk. It's too bad. But, uh, you know, she's, she says, come on, guys. If Don has a horse, Betty should have the house. Good point. Uh, I don't, yeah. Okay. Don't. All right. Okay, give her the house. I don't know. Well, what's his name? Can buy the house. Henry Francis yeah. can buy the house. Ah, if Henry doesn't have that kind of. Right. Right. He's a servant to the public, right? He told he told us in that episode he had that kind of scratch. <laughs> Well, we got we got another friend from the Greater New England in Haverhill, Massachusetts. Laura writes in, uh, loved the the episode before last with Don and the uh, painting and the boxers and uh, no Betty, which she liked again this week. Um, this week that she uh, she also was a little weirded out by Pete having a kid. Uh, likes the likes the Allison vigor and throwing the ball and. Uh, thinks that uh, drunk texting was preceded by drunk typing. So thank you for that. Uh, Deborah writes in saying that she loves the last episode, liked everything about it, the California storyline, throwing roses. roses. And uh, 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 a couple people have written in. Apparently your question has really stirred some answers from the listeners about the, uh, the Glenn, uh, Glenn Lanyard from uh, the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> we've got we've actually gotten several more people writing in. Okay, so give it to me. I want to hear it. So apparently the 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 material uh, to make that stuff is called a gimp, and that the the, the little thingy uh, is called a boondoggle. Oh my God, that's what it is—the boondoggle. There you go. That is exactly right. That's actually what I was going to say. This show was. Bam. Man, this, show, <laughs> this whole can, can this whole we, show has been a boondoggle. Can tonight. we send a Mad Men T-shirt to that? Yeah, listener? we'll get one right to you. <laughs> Don't don't bother sending your uh, mailing address. I've got it. Uh, we got a, a good friend of the show, Ken from West Palm Beach, Florida. He was really bummed out because he got stuck on an airplane and missed last week's episode. Aww. He had he had no way to get to it, and, and uh, we definitely feel your pain. But he made a strong comeback 
with this week, getting getting to see it. Uh, really liked seeing Pete Campbell get whacked on the shoulder by Roger and Lane over and over and over again on his DVR. Um, did not miss Ken Cosgrove. Also thinks he looks puffy. And uh, says, uh, you know, Allison finally realizes Don is not a good person. Uh, we got we got our friend, uh, thank you, Ken. Our friend Hugh writes in. He, he got a big kick out of the fact that... Uh, Can I keep calling him Hug? Hug! 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 Yeah. Hug. Oh, Hugh, Hugh said, uh, you know, when Harry Crane found out that uh, Ken's new father-in-law is going to be the CFO at Corning uh, and pay for everything, real, real witch, says that uh, his Crane's father-in-law is a bus driver. Uh, only place he can drive him is the moon. Hey-oh, I, I get it, I get it. I get that. Yeah, I get uh, it. We got, uh, we got uh, Terry writes in. We had some discussion. Oh, that's on, right. Sorry. Uh, we got some discussion <laughs> on uh, on uh, who, who who was saved from Don's charm on our last podcast. And uh, didn't have a lot of names. Pointed out uh, Bert's sister. And Terry also points out the original researcher. I don't know if you remember the German lady from the first season. Yes. Oh, I remember her. Yeah, she, she was. She went away fast and hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> but uh she was hoping that uh, the duck would come back into this season and and uh would cause problems for pete and trudy doesn't know if that's gonna happen really hates peggy's uh lame as doby gillis guy mark oh yes yes yeah. he does suck it says cosgrove would be a better date than mark that's pretty that's harsh <laughs> i'm gonna uh, have to agree uh, thank you, Terry. Alicia from San Jose, California, writes in, writes in, says, Don Draper has entered her unconscious. She had a dream about Don Draper. Wait a minute. Yep, but this is not is going the rest of this safe? Is the rest of this safe to read? This is, this is clean. Turn the volumes up. Apparently, Don was a mean boss, was scowling at her and making her start at 7.30. That's too early for Alicia. That's not cool. Uh, thinks Don and Freddie should go to AA together. And uh, says, you know, this is a big deal. Don't forget, Don's dad was uh, a drunk himself and died while uh, drunk and behind a horse. I'm going to prescribe this, Alicia. Um, if you're having dreams about television, which I do as well, you're just not drinking enough before bedtime. <laughs> right, Kate? This is true. Now, you might say, Paul, that's not funny. but Or responsible. You, or responsible. But you should do what Roger did. You just, you ha it's half vodka, half milk. And you're done. And you're done for the night. And you don't dream about anything. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Uh, thanks to Alex in Dallas, friend of the show, uh, writes in and uh, says, although he doesn't like Pete's dolphin teeth, he likes how he played his father-in-law. I don't know about the teeth. but I don't I, understand the dolphin teeth. No. I mean, if, if that's just out of nowhere, it's hilarious. He does yeah. have chiclet teeth. He does. He has chiclet teeth? Yeah, he does, kind of. Uh, at least he's got teeth. Because I, I met the dolphins. Their teeth are a little different than Pete. They're not as scary, actually. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, he feels that Peggy is uh, getting fat again and creepy. Oh. Seriously. Who is this guy? All right, Chuck. <laughs> All right, Chuck Norris. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, but, but, Paul, the next thing he says is that you're right. That yes, I am. <laughs> that they're overemphasizing the 60s and was grateful for another episode without the Stepford wife, a.k.a. Betty. Uh, he's in Portland, Oregon. Uh, a friend of the Portland. show. Wait, somebody in Portland? Portland, Oregon. Is that in this country? Or? Oregon. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> uh, feels that the true Douchey Don came out with a recommendation 
uh, comments that, you know, look, just write a recommendation. This is what we were saying. Come yeah, on, put some nice words on paper. Uh, she was hoping that the ball that was thrown would have hit him in the head and maybe knocked him into a nice Dick Whitman type of character. Uh, that, that was, we addressed this before. She, she felt Peggy was being real bitchy to Alice, and I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't either. Because, I mean, you're pretty much just calling Peggy a hoe. Yeah. Peggy ain't no... Well, Peggy's kind of a hoe. A little bit. But, I mean... But she, it's not like she slept with Pete. No, to wait. Get, to make... You know, well, she did sleep. She with did sleep. Well, with but me. no, no, but she didn't do it to make you know <laughs> to, get to climb that corporate ladder. No, no, no. no she she just... broke the glass ceiling with her brain, Kate. <laughs> and uh, but which she... is funny because our brains are so small. They're smaller. True. It's why it's harder. You got to throw it harder. <laughs> and, but she does think it'd be funny if they turned Peggy into like a kind of a stoner. Uh, now this uh, this was a bit of a, a weird outside the box thought. She thinks that the whole pregnancy might be from a. An outside guy that Trudy may have found some other bow. Oh, wouldn't that be great? You know what? Maybe wouldn't it be great if it was Ken Cosgrove? Oh my god! Oh, Oh. but geez, that would be ridiculous. That's true. Ken could be like getting back at Pete for all the. Oh my god! I love that idea. I love that idea. He was not. Wait, he did say something like, "Oh, I heard from your wife." Yeah, I heard your wife said their wives know each other. Well, the fiance Mm, and mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. I'd like to see who Ken Cosgrove is putting, but you know, getting. I bet she's kind of hot. I bet she's real hot. Yeah. Anyway, Uh, Adrian writes in. Thought the last episode was funny. Loved everything in the in the the show. Thought it was pretty funny. Loves the the uh, the way that the French wash their face. No soap. Um, Thought it was hysterical that Bert just is chilling in the lobby with the socks. Uh, feels bad for Trudy uh, having to bear the spawn of Pete, mm-hmm. uh, that, that son of a bitch. And uh, and <laughs> thinks Harry Crane gets diabetes in the next episode. Um, and uh, oh yeah, also likes this episode because no Betty. <laughs> this is a friend. Um, we got to be out of males by now, honestly. One last one. I'm gonna have to cut this into two parts. Last one, Leslie. Uh, she was our our third. Review on iTunes way no, back. Leslie. Thank you, Ka-pow. Leslie. Uh, really likes the show. Has been following along ever since. And uh, outside of just complimenting our show, uh, wants to recommend a 1967 Broadway show called How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. That oh, version. I did a high school play of that. Yeah, yeah. That version, the 67, yeah. actually starred Robert Morris, Burr Cooper. Get out of town. And she feels that it could be also informative and educational, especially to Don Draper, as one of the main songs is A Secretary is Not a Toy. Oh, my God. We've got some Smarties listeners. We do. Boondoggles and now this? Jeez. You can't get that out on Wikipedia. No. Hey, I'm going to give them some credit. I am, too. That puts a ribbon on the mailbag for tonight. Oh, thank God. The mailbag is getting uh, overused. No, not not at all. Uh, our favorite part about the show is getting mail, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. It's a good time. What's the best place to send it to us? Well, I'll tell you, because that's what I do. It's staff at badmenrecap.com. It comes to both John and I. We don't let Kate see him because she likes the surprise of hearing it on air. Uh, other ways to contact us is the Facebooks, John. It's one of my favorite things. I check it at least once every five minutes. Uh, and that's Mad Men Recap. It's right there on Facebook. And everybody, Twitter has become quite a to-do for us. Quite a flutter on the Twitter. Quite. <laughs> We've been having some sweet tweets indeed, Kate. <laughs> uh, people, are, people are loving to tweet back with us during the show. Uh, I believe... I, John, what happened to you? I was doing all the tweeting. No, I 
was tweeting a lot. Were you tweeting? Yes. I didn't see your tweets. You were busy looking at the retweets. We want to thank everybody. Holly, Ashley, Kathy, Andrew, Libby, Brian. Thank you for retweeting. Yes. That's fun. Wow. Um, and, I, you know, I want to say, because uh, the Facebook is blowing up. We're over 180 people now. And anybody that's new, feel free to check out the listener art. We've had great submissions from our listeners in the past. Indeed. Really funny stuff. And uh, feel free to click on the photos. You'll see something that's guaranteed to bring a smile to the face. Yes, I agree. Uh, <laughs> One last that's... thing on, on, uh, on iTunes. Okay. Uh, we're up to a total of 48 ratings, 30 of them five stars, four and a half stars. Uh, lawyer Pat left one more review saying that it's a, a podcast is one of their favorite listens. Great interaction, solid info, great work, everyone. Thank you, Lawyer Pat. Uh, again, trying to get onto that main page. Someday, everybody, will be on the main page. And when I get there, I will thank you all individually. We also have the website, madmenrecap.com. Uh, we do have a website. Ah, forgot you about have- that. You can uh, check uh, the review of the latest podcast. You can see uh, an area to leave comments. And we got some from uh, Andrea. Thank you very much. And Willie. We didn't forget about you, Andrea. Willie from Huntsville, Alabama. Well. Uh, and he also told us about the the gimp and the boondoggle. I got boondoggled again. John? Yeah. I'm sorry. I got to go. That's it. But you know what? I'm going to take you with me. Kate, you're coming too. Everybody, thanks for listening. Again, we enjoyed ourselves. Again, I apologize for not being on my game, but next week I'll probably be on the Jeep. And now, now I'm coming back from John. Jeez. Indeed. We'll talk to you later, homie. Take care. Hey, recappers. To check out this thing called Mizo. Mizo is a fun and easy way to share what you're watching on TV with your friends. Here's the thing: uh, it gomizo.com, G-O-M-I-S-O.com. What it allows you to do through Facebook or Twitter is to share with your friends what you're watching, and they can comment on it. Like they can like it, or they can write a comment to you about it. The thing is that Mizo helps you in this cool new way to find shows you like and to keep track of the shows you watch the most. So they make it really easy. Uh, they, have a, they have the apps for you. You can get them on the iPhone or the iPad, or you can even do it on the web, and it helps you find the shows you're watching the most, and then you can check in on them. Either way, uh, check it out at gomizo.com. That's G-O-M-I-S-O.com. If that's too much, you can always just go to badmanrecap.com where we have everything linked.